in the upper right hand corner you see that yeah i mean basically it's recording the screen so we're side by side side by side yeah that's it solid nice i'll kick it off hang on make sure i get my on my uh cheat sheet Welcome to the very first episode of Digging Deep with Neil and D. You know, we are passionate champions of sales, marketing, but we like to play. No, <laughs> I've known Darren for a long time. You know, we absolutely love to play in golf. You know, golf is something that Darren, you know, if, if you don't know Darren, I'll give you a little bit of background, but, you know, our first episode here is sales and golf, but, you know, he is a sales expert. He is a marketing expert. He is a software and service expert. He's worked for companies like Realtor.com, Move Inc. Uh, he was one of the top salespeople at a company called Curator. That's where he and I met. And, you know, last but not least, he is now a real estate agent for EXP. Everyone give it up for Darren Franzen. He's been a friend of mine for now going on you know, more than seven years now. Maybe that's just a lucky number. We finally have done our first episode, but this show, this movement we want to build, you know, we feel like we're not on number. We feel like there's people who feel just like us. They're passionate about sales and marketing, but also playing healthily. We we we, yeah, we feel like we, we've evolved over the years. We found that there's a better way to play and golf is something I just recently picked up. So Darren, you know, tell me, you know, you've You've been in sales for you know longer than I have. I've <laughs> much longer. I've only been in this now game for just about 10 years. But tell me a little bit about your sales career. Tell me a little bit about you know what you've done in sales, you know, beginning, middle, and end. And give me a little bit a snapshot of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, Neil, I, I I'm older than you. So for me to, you know, <laughs> I mean, just for some for for some context. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have more experience because I, I, I'm just, you know, what, what am I, 10 years older? I'm 48. How old are you? Yo, May, 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 may I say 35. Yeah, yeah, 35. <laughs> so, you know, that's our, that's our demographic. I think you're, I think you're short on the seven years. I think it might be like eight or nine years we, we, we've, we've been friends. And I want to really point that out. First and foremost, we are friends and we would not be here today uh, if we weren't friends and collaboration in business, I think is sometimes not achieved because there's a competing thing. Now you and I did compete at Curator, but it helped everybody. And we remain friends through the whole process, through the whole thing. And here we are today. Yeah. Uh, collaborating. So yeah, buddy, I, I am I am excited to continue to grow our friendship and then um, basically get a lot of our conversations that we have had anyway out into the world. So you asked me about sales. It's a pretty easy synopsis. Of course, you know, part of the premise here is the digging deep part. So in future episodes, you know, I'll go into the depths of maybe why I actually, my dad got me into sales and, and why the psychology behind sales, like why was I good? Why am I good at sales? Um, and I can go ahead and say that confidently because results and numbers speak for themselves. This is not a, what I think. This is just, it's yeah. a, it, you know, this is a numbers game. Uh, so yeah. I can look back on, I was in the restaurant industry, Neil, and 
You want to talk about playing. Oh, my All God. Right. I would work hard <laughs> and play hard, harder than maybe anybody. I was working three restaurant jobs. I got chilies over here. I got the white tablecloth over here. I got the Sunday brunch place over here. I'm working like three restaurants, you know, just, just basically getting confused on what shift I'm supposed to be at, what apron I'm supposed to be wearing. And I was just really in the depths of this restaurant industry, killing it, bartending, serving, doing all this stuff, making tons of money, uh, but playing a lot. Well, let's take it. Let me take a swing at that. I got, I got a quick question. How does that relate? You know, it's so funny. You, you talk about being in the restaurant industry. I think all Americans probably at some point, I'm sure everyone watching this today, maybe at some point you've been in the restaurant industry, but I, I got started at a place called Goat Star here locally in Cincinnati, Ohio. And that's that was my first job as I was you know, entering engineering school back in the day, more than, golly, be more than 18 years ago. I feel, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. It's been 18 years ago, but that service, I remember service mentality, serving others, service, service, service. I was a cashier and a server. I was a waiter. Yes. You know, that was my role. You know, I wasn't a cook. They didn't let me in the kitchen, Darren. They didn't let me in the kitchen. Me neither. You know, I wasn't allowed to step foot in there. They're like, no, no, we need that face. At the time, I was 20 years, you know, you know, 18 years old. Looked like Wayne Brady, right? So they wanted me front of the kitchen, smiling, smiling, but no dialing yet because I wasn't in sales yet. But tell me. How was that a foundation for you in sales, that service mentality? How, how did that help you? Well, it's a it's a people business. You, you know, the, the food and the ambiance and, and all of that, it comes after the service. So you, you, the whole idea is to basically treat people like they want to be treated in a very microcosm, like an hour, uh, you know. 90 minutes of their life and how can you pull that off how can you earn trust and make people actually take their guard down and feel relaxed and enjoy their dinner you, you, you're not you're not even sure if the food's going to be good when it comes out so you're actually setting the precedence on this and I just like was enthralled with it but I'll, I'll tell you what happened I, I always said that like after about a year working in the restaurant business I was like man this should be a prerequisite for life. There are so <laughs> many hard knocks. There are so many learning moments yeah. of life. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, this family comes in and you work your ass off and you serve them and you're on time and the food was good. And then they don't tip you very good and you take it personally. Well, you learn that it might not have been you. <laughs> You know, that you learn to to take things as they come and you'll have you'll have good days and bad days. And but I'll tell you what, my dad saw what was about to happen. I was about oh, to dad. get in. My dad yes. saw that I was about to get into restaurant management and he mm. saw he saw that how well I was doing with people, basically. And I think my dad probably saw this when I was a kid because I just really love people and I love to play and I love to dig deep and I love to have these very unfiltered conversations with people just learning about and your dad your dad what did he do I mean like okay so you're entering the the the, the upper echelon of leadership I mean so now you've been a soldier in the game right you're in the soldier you're grinding you're learning you're getting better every step of the way and now you have an opportunity to move up a step and your dad says hold on stop what happens next? 
Yep. What happens next is my dad basically leading by example. You know, my dad was a career salesman. My dad was a career sales professional that retired handsomely from selling a very, <laughs> a very commodity. You know, my dad had rain over there. I love it. My, my dad was the epitome of a sales professional. And I emulated everything I did off of, off of his career because my dad owned his time. My, my dad always valued time over money. So I'm like, hmm. What's your dad's name? What's his name? What's your dad's name? What's his first name? Victor. His first name is Victor. Oh, walking in victory. That's you trying to, oh, you're trying to, oh, that's what I'm talking about. You, you're emulating hey, Victor. You're emulating victory. No wonder he was so successful with selling. I mean, that's power in that name. Woo! All right, all right, sorry. I, I had, you know, you don't have with names. I got, I had to know, I had to know hey, that name. Cool. And I love it because my dad actually, he he goes by his middle name. He did like Kent was his name on his business card, but his friends, his real close buddies, his real close buddies, his real is Vic. Like that's Victor. That you know, and, and so what happened, Neil, was my dad. He knew that I was ready to taste money. He knew I was making decent money in restaurants, but he knew that if I tasted it and, and if I put a shirt and tie on and I went out and I talked to engineers and buyers and CEOs of startups, he, he knew. He knew that if I got a little taste of it. So what he did is he literally just like pulled me out of the restaurant business. <laughs> and he, you know, that reminds me of like some of my favorite cartoons back in the day. He just like, you know, stage left. You know, you're oh. getting off the stage to a new stage, to another level, to another industry, to a higher, you know, higher grade of pay. A whole, whole grade of like, it's like going from being enlisted, you know, to now you're an officer in a different yeah. kind of commission during, right? That's it. Nothing guaranteed, it's all faith, right? It's all faith-based commission sales. I mean, if I take a quick swing at this, so it sounds like what he's trying to take you is that, you know what, you're doing well here. But that was your training ground. But to put, you know, the way that I got victory, the way that I got victory for you is I got it in sales. So he got you. He put you on his side. You need a whole nother, you know, same level, but let's get you a different track. It's a whole different, it's a different lane. That's it. He's like. watching. He's <laughs> watching. And he picked the right time to say, are you ready to enter into a professional career? And I think I was 21 years old. And really, Neil, I still wanted to play, I, you know, and, and I think my dad realized like, you can still play. You'll just have to tone it down over here, step it up over here and let's see how it goes. Now, my dad was actually putting his name on the line because my godfather started this company. My ah. godfather, Oliver Flash started this company called Bay Area Labels in his, gotcha. in his Label. garage. He literally Labels. started a I got a label right here. <laughs> label. That kind of label? What kind of labels? A, what kind of label? Well, basically for the electronics industry. So if you were if you were to look at any piece of networking equipment or any router or any switch, anything that has a, it's really like a plastic sticker. It's called a front panel overlay. It's a subsurface printed, you know, it's an actual part that gets specced in as like a build, you know, like. We're, we're actually part of the supply chain because they can't ship their product without gotcha. our label. So it's, I mean, it's everything, Neil. It's from, it, 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 like, literally you could, like, I could just start looking around on my printer and look at, I, I see, like, seven labels. 
Now they're, they're done well, so you don't really see them. They're embedded, you know, they're matching the texture and the color of the background. So yeah, this is this is. I, a, I can tell you sold that. I can tell. I can see that passion. I can see you definitely not know your product. You know, there's there's some there's some good salespeople and there's some some bad salespeople. And if you're getting started in sales, one of the things you 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 may realize is sometimes maybe you get started, you don't know the product. But you know, you, you gave me a you just gave me a flash, uh, Darren, because as you're talking about this, is you know I got into sales, you know after I got into service as we're taking a you're in the restaurant business now you're selling labels i did something very similar you know where i you know <laughs> i was leaving engineering now so so i got into service then i got into engineering as i said earlier but then i got into sales and but i learned the technology i was selling technology so you you're selling labeling technology i mean so so you're selling labeling technology get from service now you're selling labels <laughs> you know it's so thing about labels labels yeah i can go all on labels man that's just so many labels in america we got we got labels right Yep. But you're using labels as a mechanism. You're in the you're in the chain right here doing COVID. We know all about that. The power of the label. You can't get the label. You can't get anything out. Darren will tell you all about that. So, you know, you're you're on Amazon. You need labels, right? You you need you need labels. Um, you know, how does that connect to the the, the restaurant industry? Because I'm curious about this. You know, if if I'm at you know some of my favorite restaurants here in Cincinnati, there's a there's a steak place uh, called Jeff Ruby's. Uh, so funny, you know, a quick story about that night, you know, <laughs> when I got into sales, I was with this group of bankers. I was with this group of bankers. Some people I worked with in sales, my first sales career, I get to this restaurant I've never been in. I've never been into a very like high prestigious steak restaurant because I couldn't afford to as a young man when I got in, when I was an engineer. <laughs> too much debt, too much whatever, you know, but I, I, I got to this restaurant. The guy, he thinks, <laughs> so I tell him I'm Wayne Brady, he pulls me into the restaurant, right? He pulls me into the restaurant and he says, ladies and gentlemen, Wayne Brady. And I don't hear my friends. Here I am. This has gone too far. The, 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 the band stops. There's this, this, this band. They're great. They're crushing it. All the patrons, they all look nice. You know, I'm here with my, my buddies. And you, you gave me a flashback. But like literally in that moment, in that moment, it's like, so sales is not that way. Sales is a line, right? So how do you sell labels? Because like, you know, I'm just curious. <laughs> I wasn't trying to lie. I was trying to be funny. I use that all the yeah. time on Wayne Brady. You know, but but you know, I had to tell him, you know, kind of put a bow on that. I tell him, you know, I'm not Wayne Brady. He ended up treating me to free dinner. It was great. It was a, it was, it was great. And, you know, he said, "Oh, you gotta get out of here." He's like being playful, and then yep, yep. and then getting free dinner was great. But um, but tell me, how does that connect? How does that scale up? You're in the restaurant now. You're selling stickers. Yep. <laughs> right up. Woo! Sounds great. You sell these stickers. Okay. How, how, how do you sell it? How, what, what was the methodology? Because we we met through in the marketing world, Facebook, you know, email, website, landing page. But how did you sell stickers? Because I'm not sure. I've never seen a stickers landing page. No way. No one's trying to sell me stickers. Right. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I I can I, I love that I sold a commodity that could almost be ordered out of a catalog because these engineers would spec out the label they would they would put the pantone colors they would put mm. the the you know the dimensions and the thickness and the adhesive and the texture they would spec it out so where where we came in was was quality okay quality number 1 because if the color doesn't match then they don't want to ship their product if the thickness doesn't match the recess 
And if it doesn't fit into the little recess at, at 20 milligrams, I mean, Nate, uh, Neil, I was using calipers. I was using calipers and dealing with like really tight tolerances, you know? So like, it wasn't just like spitting out a label. It was spitting out an absolute perfect sticker. <laughs> okay. So what, what ended up happening, and this is for anybody getting new into sales, because man, there is a lot of crappy products and there's a lot of crappy services. <laughs> and if you're on the other end of that, then here's my advice. Slow down because you may want to find you. If you may turn around and all of a sudden you have an eight year sales career with this company that's hard to sell for because their product is actually not as great as it should be. So I was so blessed. Okay. <laughs> so blessed. Okay. I was so blessed. And I, and think about working for curator quality. So if you're a salesperson getting it, I mean, think about move Inc, you know, the, the brand, you know, quality, right? Like we're the, we're, we're, we're the top of the mountain going to Google and search homes for sale. Boom. Realtor.com. So quality was, I was so blessed to represent a product that focused on quality because I could go out as a sales professional and focus on quality. And I knew that I could beat my competition because they were failing at quality. They weren't holding the tight tolerances. They weren't matching the colors. They weren't delivering on time. They weren't backing up their shit. So when I came in, my godfather and my dad and the passion. I mean, you want to talk about passion through through the- Hey, art. that's my name. Hey, hey, you can Google that. You can Google Neil. That's my name, passion. That's my- if I seem a little too enthusiastic, yeah. we just embodying passion. That's what we do. Great salespeople embody it. So you're you're packaging them, you're passing. So you're you're solving a problem. So you identify, as I'm listening to, you identified a problem in your industry where yes. there was a lack of quality. Yeah. That is huge. That's that was that was the opportunity. If I'm hearing this right, okay, all right. So for the audience here, he's identifying the problem, and nobody told Darren the problem. This is what's so cool about this, you know, is Darren. He's telling us about this story, about his experience, how to interrupt him and take a swing at it because it's very important what he just said that you may have missed. He identified a problem that someone who has a book of business, they didn't identify. And it's about a relationship. So he's he's caring. He's got that spirit of caring, that passion of caring, and he feels blessed in the role. So he's energizing. He's trying to identify, you know. He's trying to identify like an eagle, right? He's up here, you know, he's trying to scout out, okay, my prey, where can I have an impact on this business? Boom, you found that problem. So tell me about that quality. Tell, me, tell, me, tell us a little bit more about that, about that component of it, Well, you uh, just, about that part you of your experience. You, you, you just said it. The, the passion is directly correlated to the, to the quality because if I don't have a quality product, I'm like bullshitting the passion. You, you know, like, uh, and, and that's where salespeople, it gets so weird because they're so excited and they're trying to, they're trying to do it with enthusiasm. And by the way, there's a lot of coaches that'll tell you, you can almost win with enthusiasm. And in my opinion, you need a little bit more to the equation than enthusiasm. It's important, but you better have a quality product and the passion better Woo! be out the quality of actually helping someone. This is why I asked my dad. I said, dad, how do I do this? Go help people. Oh, how do I do that? Go ask them. 
mother. Like so easy, right? Go ask the buyer, what do you need help with? Go ask the engineer, what do you need help with? Go ask the dude that actually like deals with the material out in the field. Like, what do you need help? So we're not in sales, we're in help. We'll break that apart because ultimately here's what I found. You know, I remember working for an underwriter and working for a national underwriter. There's problems is that sometimes people don't want to tell you their problems. So what was your methodology to gain trust? Because part of it is we need to identify the problem, right? Mm, mm. <laughs> we identify the problem. Mm. And then we need to build trust so they are actually open-minded to actually tell us. So give us some of the gold, Darren. Give us some of the, the gold. How, you know, you got this engineer. He may not, he may be an introvert. He may not even like talking to you. I could tell you when I was in engineering, you know, it was uh, Dave Ricketts and Phil Levins, a Jewish guy and a Christian guy. <laughs> They place me with these are my engineering mentors, right? And they 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 they're different. Their personalities are sometimes they're different. You know, I remember yeah. Phil. I'd be out of my seat talking. You know, just like I am right now. So I ended up in sales. I like to be out of my seat at trade shows mm -hmm. in the aisles. But tell us, it's not just about identifying the problem, but how do you convince them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you don't know them. They don't know you. Yep. What are the steps to get them to actually? give you the problem because that's sometimes the problem in itself they yeah. so they like they, they'll tell you oh i don't have one right they'll they'll brush you off so what's the key to building that trust where they're actually willing to give the mm. problem the real problem mm. yeah you're 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 allowing me to go into places where i'm gonna get a little philosophical because you have to with this you've already we've already said it digging deep is the premise so I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna to talk to a buyer and she's gonna be used to these very vanilla questions, but she's not really gonna be used to, hey, Susie, how many siblings do you have? She hasn't even heard the word siblings lately, like <laughs> in, the, in yeah. the last like 10, you know, whatever years. And then I'm silent, I need an answer. Oh, I have two older brothers and, and a younger sister. Oh, so you're like in the middle? Are you are you close with your brothers? Oh, my one brother, he's in the military, and the other one, actually close with one, and then the one, oh, mil military, what branch? Go, go, go. And the reason is because I'm building the relationship. I'm actually caring about the person and asking questions and going so deep. Now, what you referred to is the person that's silent and they're, they're like got their back to me in their cubicle like they don't even want to talk right like because we're dealing with everybody here so let's go ahead and go worst case scenario they're cold they're introverted they're an asshole they're they're like they got the reputation at the company like oh wow you got to go deal with hank today good luck with that so here's what it is neil it is the challenge it's the challenge of people People don't want to be mean. People don't want to not talk. People like to talk. They just need an opportunity. So I really look at people, and I know you do too. I've seen you in a room, like, like we like we'll show up to we'll show up at a conference, and like all of a sudden we open up the room and it's like all these people, like, where do I start? You know, it's like I just want to start talking to people and laughing and making, making you know, people feel comfortable. I really enjoy helping people feel comfortable in their own skin. I've been blessed to feel very comfortable in my own skin. I've done things as a kid <laughs> to build my own confidence. And we'll get into that later through sports. And, you know, I, I had some really awesome achievements as a kid 
that that molded my confidence and my comfort level in my own skin in any situation, pretty much, unless I'm threatened or or whatever. And then you know, I'll I'll just run, fight fight or flight. I'll just run. You know, I don't need to fight anybody. Go. You know, so my and that's one of my claim to fames. I've never been in a fist fight. I've never, ever, ever had a one on one standoff with another human being because I just feel like it's a lose lose situation. It is so a lose lose situation. Yeah. How, how am I going to how am I going to win this fight? Not get in one. Watch this. And I've been close. You can imagine with my bravado and a couple drinks and. Uh, next thing you know, D's over there talking this and kind of an, annoy somebody. You can you could see it happening, right? So I've yeah, been absolutely. in situations where I've been very, very close, but I it, it has never, ever escalated to that point. So I look at people as, as a challenge that I'm going to go and, and, and enrich and enhance their life. And I know it sounds so philosophical, but if I take that, Every single day, we used to go out sometimes make like eight or nine calls. And when I say calls, different buildings that you would go to and you would talk to, you would have appointments. Sometimes you would just pop in and drop off prints or pick up prints or drop off a proof or, or a tooling, a tooling thing or something. Right. So very quick appointments. Sometimes I'd go to 35 appointments. Sometimes I, you, you, you want to talk about making a lot wow. of sales, a lot of sales calls in one day and I'm not talking phone I'm talking in person over 30 different buildings in one day that is pushing and pushing so hard and wanting to do so well because my dad was with this company already and he's the number one sales guy we had about a team of like 12 or 14 sales reps so here, here comes Darren at 21 years old. Everybody's older than me. My dad's the number one rep. My godfather owns the company. So everybody kind of thought I was getting a silver spoon, but my godfather did the opposite. He gave me nothing. He gave me a territory that wasn't producing any passive residual business at all. So he gave me the challenge of building up a territory that wasn't doing nothing and I took that nothing territory to some crazy, crazy numbers, over $300,000 a month in residual income from just building relationships, caring, helping, and taking on the challenge of people every day. So it's a mindset. So if I really tell you- the well, No, no, no. You know, right, Darren, you, you know, it's so funny. You took the mindset. words out of my mouth. I, it sounds like, okay, in order to get- So this is this sales framework, this is the victory of sales. I'm calling it that because right now, because this is what- Victor was trying to impose upon you as you came out of the restaurant business uh, into this new role selling labels. And the victory, the victory sale is number one, the mindset, <laughs> the mindset, and then adding some passion to identify a problem, identify and solve the problem, but then using the gift that you have. So again, living in your gift where you can then be people focused to have a conversation, digging deep into who they are, what they are, so you can make a genuine connection about the person. Because the sale hasn't had yet. So, but this is the, this is the victory framework. Because you're trying to get victory. Because ultimately, what they're trying to say, ultimately, this is going to lead to some business. This is going to get to more income. This is going to get to the dollars. This is going to get to that foundation so you go from zero to infinite wealth. That's the foundation that this victory of sales that, I'll, I'll give you the that Darren has given us today. I'll, I'll give you an example, okay? <laughs> 
I'll give you the exact example. I'm in a cubicle. Okay. These are the prints. These are all the label prints. These are all the orders. Let's say there's like 85 of them. Okay. And they're sitting there. I'm here. They're here. I want these. Okay. I'm in the cubicle. They're not in my hand yet. There's like six different vendors that this buyer could give these prints to. Right. And I know that if I focus on these, I'm not going to get them. So I focus on the person. I want these, but I focus on the person and I just go on the person. And then all of a sudden, these just slide their way over. She, the buyer just says, typically a gal who, who is just an absolute rock star in, the, in these companies because the buyers have to deal with so many different vendors that they're the ones that, you know, people are being shady to them because they're the buyers, you know, like mm. they're trying to take them to lunch. They're trying to give them, you know, 49ers and Giants tickets. <laughs> we did that too. We, we did that too. We did that pretty well. But that was really the analogy, Neil. Here's what I want. And I just knew that if I focused on this person with passion, with kindness, that she would eventually take these prints and just slide them over to me. And it happened like 99% of the time. And usually it was someone else's business because I was coming into a territory that we didn't have business in. So the engineer and the buyer is telling me how much of a headache it is to switch to me as a vendor. They're telling me how how hard it is to respect somebody in. And Darren, this is going to be very challenging. I want to give you a shot, you know, but we've been working with this XY company for 13, 15 years. And so so what I'm going to do, Darren, is I'm just going to, out of the 85, out of the 85, I'm going to give you one and see how you do. And I learned, Uh... and after they did that, I learned that, wait a second, I can ask for one. So I realized very quickly that, hey, test me out and just give me one print. Have me go through the process of manufacturing one front panel overlay for you. See if I deliver on time, check the quality, and we'll go from there. So everyone, what you guys are hearing right now, you probably, if you go to your favorite website, you know, something that you want to subscribe to, Everyone that's, that's watching this, you probably have already signed up for a, a free trial. What Darren is instituting, he, he, he uncovered a method to get a paid trial. <laughs> he said, we're going to start off slow. We got a paid trial. We got one deal. But the deal is not closed yet because he's got like maybe, you know, if I'm thinking about this correctly, Darren, what you were trying to get is a certain percentage of the business. What you actually did right there is you actually got like, you know, a percentage of the business, whether that's 0.1 or 1% or 10%, whatever that, that stack of papers was, you, got you just got your first book. Your, your, you just opened the book. Sometimes people are trying to go too deep in the book. You're trying to go to, you know, if you get, this happens all the time, you get new in the sales. You, you want to figure out, you know, the method of the demo, right? The demo, whatever you're selling, you're trying to get in, learn the demo. But in reality, it's these introduction components to a conversation that lead to a, a paid trial. Paid trial. Ooh, I love that. Mm. I, I, you know, I never had an opportunity to do a paid trial. You know why I take that back? No, I worked when I worked for uh, a national underwriter, you know, uh, about a year ago, you know, or about two years ago. Uh, I got to <laughs> got a taste of that. I got to see where you can get a percentage of the business, but we were capturing much more than like, you know, anyway. So, so tell me about this. All right, so, so break this out. So what happens next? So now... Who, who delivers on that for you? Is there an engineer? Is there a, a onboarding? So you got the sticker, right? You got that, your know, page one, you know, of the, 
the hundred page book that you want. Yeah. What happens? Who does it go to in that world? Who, who would it then go to? Is there an onboarding, an engineer? Who, who's the, who's the handoff? Because you're the quarterback. The actual who are you process. Yeah, the 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 actual process. There's a whole. Pro, the first step is to get it in into quoting. So we 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 as a company will will basically develop a quote for how much it's going to cost us to manufacture said sticker, and guaranteed. There's formulas on material cost and labor cost and all of that, and we were always about ninety percent of the time we were a little bit more expensive because of quality. So. Mm. We didn't really care about coming in a little bit more expensive because you're talking about a $2.80 sticker or $3.05, you know, and it, it, it might be 25 cent difference, but when you're ordering tens and thousands of them, it, it adds up. So the process really is get this thing quoted, then get the purchase order, get the PO, right? Get, get the actual order. And then this thing goes through manufacturing like clockwork, you know, the way my godfather had exactly. this set up, it, it's just de from department to department, art department, and then that gets proof back to the engineer, the engineer does the proof, and then it goes from the art department to the screen, and then they start making the films, and then it goes to this, and then it gets cut, and then it gets, you know, rewound and quality control, and then it gets packaged. So, I mean, there, there might be depending on the label and the advancement of it, there might be like five departments or seven, eight, nine, 10 departments that this thing goes through. And then finally I get pinged that, you know, oh, Hey, I had a beeper, Neil. I mean, I had a a beeper. Oh, you're a heat. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So I'll tell you, I had my, the beeper that I had, the beeper That's that cool. I had. That's cool. I, I, I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock it. It's cool. but, but listen, the beeper actually had text. So I had an inside salesperson that could that could basically beat me with a message. So this is like uh, this is like texting before texting, right? So my inside right. salesperson would text me, "Hey, uh, Finisar's, um, you know, little little labor uh, laser, you know, Capton things are ready in shipping." So I would be like in Foster City or somewhere in the peninsula, you know, somewhere in Northern Cal and basically get pinged that my labels are ready for whoever I made a promise to. And then, yeah. and then here it is. I would hand deliver these things. I could have shipping ship it and it would show up to their shipping dock and then somebody would have to sign a packing slip. And then the, then the little box would hopefully find its way to whoever needs it. But that's not the right way to do it, especially in the scenario that we're talking about with like the one opportunity, I hand deliver this box. And I check the label, I make sure it's 99%, it's, it's amazing because we were ama an amazing company, but I would take it into the cubicle. And if they weren't there, I'm not just dropping these off. Like I'm looking for this person to have this moment where they, they take the exacto knife and they open the seal and Here's the packaging and they open it up and it's like, it's like, ah. it's like Christmas. It's yeah. like donut. You know, you're not dropping off donuts, you're dropping off stickers. And you know, my, my daughter loves it. See, see, I think sometimes we, 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 you know, as we get into our career, sales career, sometimes we get things a little bit complicated. But my daughters, you know, <laughs> you know I've got daughters, you know, they, you know, the, the, the youngest is, you know, she's 15 months and 16 months actually just as of last week at, she loves stickers. She had a sticker to listen. They said, Dad, just put a sticker on me. So I think it's so interesting how our passions from the time you're like a newborn to like 
an adult, people, we still need stickers, something that simple. So in sales, in selling stickers, selling labels, so important, the simplest things. But you know, this, this whole process, this process of securing a relationship, I mean, all of that to get to that part, because that's, that's ultimately now with service, because that's what they're checking. That's what that you said. He cut up the box. And he's got the box. He's look at the stickers. Where's the quality at? That quality, what you talking about? That, okay, all right. That's how you keep the business. It's not about the one deal. It's not about the, the sheet. Right now, it's like, okay, now I got to do this every single time. Not because now you stepped into a different level of a relationship because now there's trust. Woo! One, one, and one makes trust, but it's actually it's two to one. It's five to one. It's five to five. It's 10 to 10. Whatever, however the size of the company. What, what was the size of the company? The, your, your granddad's company? How many people worked there? At the peak, at the peak, there was almost 300 employees. Wow. Okay. So at the peak, there's 300. So it's 300 to, you know, so it's this is symbiosis relationship, you know, in the manufacturing and being part of the, Ooh, the, the yeah. entire chain. I mean, I, I've never had a role like this. So this is interesting. But one thing I also want to talk about, which is the inside sales team. You know, my, you know, my experience was rooted in inside sales. I, you know, at least my first sales career, it got started in inside sales. So you're telling me even in this world of labels and stickers, there is an inside sales team. What was the size of that team? What, what was the size of that team compared to the people that are out in the field? Well, as far as size, give me a, give me a, paint that picture for me. It's a great question. So when I was hired, my godfather knew to not just allow me to put a shirt and tie on and go out there and either fail or succeed. He, he knew better. And he also wanted me to gain the respect of the people in the art department and manufacturing throughout. So what he did is he said, hey, D, this is what you're going to do. For one year, you're going to work inside okay. sales for Charlie Lid. Oh. And Charlie Lid was a really cool, <laughs> one, of the, one of the coolest dudes ever, musician. Like, you you want to just hang out with Charlie Lid on, uh, on a beach with a guitar in Santa Cruz. Like, but, but Charlie was also a little bit of a flake, you, you know? And my godfather knew that. He knew that I was going to be able to work with somebody that was a little bit difficult to work with because the guy would rather be on the beach with a guitar. But he knew that my personality and my, and my organi organizational skills and the way I was going to be passionate about this was also going to help Charlie. So I worked as Charlie's inside salesperson. Mm. In, in, in about eight months, I had the relationships through the phone to his clients mm. that Charlie actually had to have knee surgery. And my godfather said, just swap it out. Charlie, you're, you go on, go and get, go, go have your knee surgery and we'll see you in two months. And Darren's got your territory now. So it wasn't my territory. It, I, I was basically, ah. I was making money. I was still getting paid inside sales, but I was, I was doing outside sales stuff in eight months. So that lasted Woo. until Charlie's surgery. And then he came back, he took over his territory. And then I grew my wings and, and flew into my own territory and, and, and did my thing. So the inside sales at our peak, we had about 14 outside reps and every single outside rep had an inside rep trip trip on this my dad had three inside reps got it my dad was so busy with cisco and some of these clients that 
and, and he was producing the kind of numbers. Let's just go ahead and say, Neil, to wrap your head around it, my dad would yeah. regularly sell a half million dollars in stickers every single month. Every how many month. did you sell as an outside sales rep? How many, just give me a picture with the team, the entire, how does that compare to the, the outside team? Uh, it's, it's murdering everybody. I, I can tell you, mm -hmm. I can tell you that, that we, we as a team would do 30 million, 35 million as a team for, for the, for the month. But you know, that was through, that was through a lot of residual automatic repeat orders. So mm. like if, if I did two, if I did 200,000 in a month, that was a lot for me. And my dad's over here doing more than double. He was doing half a million and I was doing like 200,000. So most, most of the reps did about a hundred thousand to 150,000 a month. And I was doing like 250, 300 sometimes, uh, you know, for a, for a few years there, I was doing about a quarter million, 300,000 every single month. And every yep. once in a while, I'd beat my dad. Every once in a while, my dad would do like 320 and I would do like 325 in a month. And if you think of that, uh, you know, that's a, that's a lot of product that you're shipping all over the world and really, really high quantity orders, because that's the goal. The goal is to get specced in. And then all of a sudden you start hear you start hearing about overseas manufacturing and you're like, oh crap, they're going to take my label order overseas. But it was, and they did, but it was our job to keep it specced in locally. And if you could build a relationship that deep, okay. And there's, there's ways that I, that I did this, which was really in, in sales. And now that I'm in real estate, I see how it's very similar to back then. You, you deal with so many people, but then the ones that you have common interests with, you have to dive deep into those real tangible things that, that you share in common. It doesn't have to be golf. I started playing tennis with an engineer, this gal, Joanna, because why not? You know, she was like a tennis player. That was like her <laughs> thing, right? And I'm like, I'll play tennis with you. I'm an athlete. I don't know how to play, Joanna, but you tell me a time and a place and I'll have some tennis. I don't look at date. So it's like, it's uh, <laughs> daytime with Darren. You know, so like, yeah, so that sounds like, yeah. No, no, you know, it's so funny over the weekend, Darren. It's so funny. Just, just actually couple weekends ago i was with my brother-in-law and i had my first time of golfing uh you know his uh you know my my wife's niece so my brother-in-law he has a daughter and she's dating this guy that came to golf with us as well so it's my brother-in-law you know uh his uh daughter's boyfriend and then there's uh you know a family friend uh and then uh, there's a woman there and it's so funny is he met uh <laughs> my brother-in-law's uh, daughter's boyfriend, he had a friend that he met through work and they were golf buddies. Okay. And so th there's like, there's some real power in creating a collaborative staff or partnership or friendship through that, through golf. So uh, how did you continue to build with her through golf? Did that, was it just golf? Was it just a friendship? Cause what I've seen, at least from my very, you know, just one trip in golf, you know, first round of golf, 18 holes, it was fun up and down and, I'm struggling. My, my, 
My swing is terrible. I'm, I forgot my golf shoes. I mean, it was absolutely, it was raining, Darren. I mean, you be proud because I was like, dude, <laughs> Darren's been talking about golf for so long. And like all of a sudden, you know, we've been talking sales, but then like I finally got into golf. I finally got an opportunity to, you know, Christmas ago, about a year and a half ago. So Christmas 2019, my wife bought me golf clubs, but I never even used them. They didn't come out with a package. They it was like a pair of Strata clubs. I don't know if that's good or bad. And I know we know people who own golf brands and that kind of stuff. So I was just like, oh man, I don't even know if this is good. I should have called Darren, but it was a gift. Okay. So it was a gift. So I'm just taking the gift. And I, it then took a year and a half <laughs> just to even get on the course with these clubs. I'm literally, I forgot, I'm taking the plastic off. I'm in my car, I'm early. I'm the first one there. I'm taking all the plastic off. I was like, I haven't even used these. So this is good. And my first time, it's in the rain, forgot my Nike golf shoes. You know, you know they're Jordan. You know they're Jordan. I was there, awesome. I was ready to use them. My wife told me, she said, Neil, you, you're not, you can't wear those shoes. <laughs> you can't. You can't actually wear the golf shoes. You got to wear your regular shoes. And I forgot them. I'm not used to taking two pairs of shoes with me in a long time. You know, you, you know, you know, because my shoes are basketball shoes anyway. So I'm just wearing it. Anyways, I'm just like, I'm just, just terrible. But that failure, you know, my, my daughters gave me the inspiration. My wife and my daughters, because I was like, my here, I'm watching my daughters grow and they're failing, right? They're, they're failing. I, to, to even bring it even closer to what we're talking about, my, my uh, youngest daughter had a sticker. <laughs> She was failing to get it to stick. I was like, oh, it won't stick. She was down here. Let me put the sticker on. And I'm like, my daughters are failing every day. I got to feel for it. I got to get in the rain, get in the mud. And I got to just go fail. Yep. And that's what it's, what is what sales is about. I mean, your journey, because you, you didn't give me the failure, but you did say, oh, you, you did do some inside sales. Aha. Mm -hmm. You jump skipped the story. <laughs> yeah. That failure over the phone, because that's the tried and true test of a salesperson is on the phone, because that's the pain. That yeah. pain is how you're going to create growth. So, so as you're trying to resolve a pain, there's a pain in yourself as a salesperson. You got to solve that. You got to get better. You need more at-bats. You need to work on your swing. So let, let's continue to swing at that, Darren. Let's swing on that. So you, you've, you've now captured business. Then you got to go do more, right? <laughs> That's the only thing about sales. Like, you can't even wrestle now. You can't be like, okay, yeah, I got this deal. I can lean back. But it's not like there's some residuals in there. Oh, well, that's here, good. Here's, oh. The, here's the, 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 the core of it is if you talk to people enough and you dig deep enough, you're going to find similarities. It might be chess. It might be a friend of a friend that is an avid skydiver. You're not going to find these things out if you're not actually passionate and caring about people, you don't, you don't, I, I, I actually got called out one time from another sales rep. Remember there was like 14, 15 of us. And yeah, with an army. Yeah. <laughs> and I was on the phone with this dude and we were just laughing and having a conversation and I had him on speakerphone. And so people around my cubicles could hear him. And he's laughing like he would laugh at his kid's five-year-old, you know, birthday party, just like cackling, you know, this dude. And a couple people knew the engineer and they'd never heard him laugh like that. Ah. And so he was opening up and to me, it was normal. I hear, I, I get this guy to laugh like that. Woo. And it's really through the, the, the reality of focusing on people and actually liking people. Cause I remember getting off the call and 
I'm not going to name names, but my buddy was like, dude, how, how are you, how'd you get him to like, to be like that? How did you, why was he laughing like that? Or, you know, that, that kind of thing. I said, I said, you know what? I actually, I actually like people. This is not, this, this is not me waking up trying to like people. This is not me waking up like, oh man, fuck, I got to deal with like people. No. What, what you think I like, you think I don't actually like people? Like what, what's happening here? So I, you know, I got very, I guess, lucky, blessed, whatever as a kid to, to really, really enjoy people. And, you know, when you, when you incorporate that into sales, that is the beauty of it. You actually get to play with all these people and you get to find all these similarities and then the business comes. If you, if you focus on people and their passions and how you can help them, you're going to find similarities. I mean, it might be a lip, might be goldfish. It might, I mean, I mean, it could just be anything. It could be technology. It could be hiking. It could be golf every once in a while. It would be golf. And now how do you think I did with those relationships? I can, oh, tell, I can That's name, good. like I can name the engineers right now that I would get up at five 30 in the morning and meet them over at Santa Clara municipal. We'd be there at 6 AM and we would only play nine holes because we both would go into work. Now, sometimes I'd go back home and watch some TV and make myself breakfast and do whatever, whatever I feel like <laughs> doing because I'm in sales. You know, and that that's that we're going to get a lot. We're going to get deeper in, into this because sales does allow you, fortunately and unfortunately, to do whatever you want. Now, if, if you don't if you just don't do anything, it's not going to last for very long. Um, but man, sometimes it'll last for like eight months, a year, sometimes two years. I mean, I've seen salespeople do literally nothing and and collect their salary so if they can find a situation where they have a salary enough to pay their bills and they're not motivated by commission that's an ugly spot i think it, it, you know unless so that's that's i think that's so true you know i i you know you know i'm i'm blessed that uh my very first sales career was a company called dot loop right and great company. and you know, I remember the interview. There's a guy, um, you know, you know, we don't, I wish I called him more because I, I'll, I'll never forget this moment because it was probably the most honest I've ever been in a interview. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talked about God, family, business. He said, Neil, you know, you had this, all this background, not related to tech sales, but, you know, I've been in tech, I've been in engineering. I mean, I never, never forget it. And he said, Neil, you know, why do you want to work here? I said, you know, why do you think you'd be effective? He said, you know, I said for me, it's God, family, and business. I remember that thing. But then the the second thing I told him, I was like water. I remember this Bruce Lee thing. I was like, I, I was, I'm like water. Whatever you put me in, you know, I've been an engineer. I've been, you know, I, I at that time there was a, uh, you know, there was a, a another downturn, kind of like right now. You know, I was experiencing. I was cleaning floors. I was a, I was. The first job humbled me. I was an engineer working as a co-op, making pretty good money even in school. And then all of a sudden, the economy drops, the oil industry is down, and all of a sudden now, I'm cleaning floors. I don't know how I got there. Cleaning floors for retirement homes. Mm-hmm. Then I ended up, you know, I was like, this is not my calling. Four months, I left that place, and I was doing cable. And then I finally found Dot Loop. Oh my gosh, I was like, me up on the ladder. I'm doing cable. You should see me there. And I'm in the cold. I hate the cold. I'm. <laughs> 
I'm not even a hands-on guy. I'm not a handy guy. Like that's not my thing. But I did it. Yeah. But then I get then I found out Lou. But that's what got me this position. But then it was a customer service position. It was service. And actually, I had never done it. I, you know, I'd never really done it. So I've been at that up to that point. I've been just serving myself. I've been serving myself. The career I was doing, I wasn't really living my passion. I was just doing, you know, I was engineering for the money. But service, you know, I got enough. They said, Neil, I said, I want to get into sales. They said, Neil, you, you crush it at this, there'll be an opportunity. And there was, and I got a foundation in inside sales. I got a foundation in service, learned the tech. I learned the tech in a day. I remember, I mean, they, they kind of rode out the red carpet even for the service person because they got, they gave one of their top service people, he spent the entire day with me. His name is Stephen Peel. I'll never forget it. He spent the entire day with me, taught me the tech, but that didn't mean you could still serve. I mean, knowing the tech is one thing, but then to teach and serve someone, that's a whole nother framework. And perhaps in, you know, for some salespeople, maybe they don't need to know how to do it. Maybe they don't need to know how to serve. They don't need, need the nuts and bolts, but for my brain to function, you know, as a sales engineer, so you worked with a lot of engineers, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's so funny because we were, <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's why we got, got, got along so well. And I, you know, I, I, I wasn't a successful engineer. You know, I did that role for a while, but that wasn't my passion. But when I got into sales, I mean, over the phone, helping people over the phone, that's where service rooted. I did that for six or seven months. And then I got into sales, inside sales, and I'm pounding the phone. And I remember my first sales coach, you know, it was actually just another salesperson. You know, it sounds like for you, it was your granddad, but for me, it was, it was just the people in the company, you know, and the people in the company. And, you know, there's this guy named Adam. I never forget it. And I was just like, man, I, he said, Neil, just keep pounding the phone, set appointments. So I worked for someone. So I didn't work for someone that was out in the field. I worked for someone that was right next to me in the trenches doing his demos. And I was setting appointments for him. I was setting 20 appointments a week. I'll never forget it. I was so excited, so passionate. But one thing I will never forget as well as we're on this story as I'm unpacking this, when I left service, they said, Neil, there was some fear. Some fear happened. There was some real fear. They said, Neil, if you leave, there won't your spot won't be here because I'm going to fill that spot. So if you don't succeed succeed in sales, you you may not even have a position at all in the company. It's a company I love too. I, I was drinking the Kool Aid, I and mean, you might be maybe you'd experienced this now. But I was these weren't family by blood, but they were. We're in the trenches. We're in this culture, and there is this connection. I'm getting exactly like I wanted. Here I am in the sales, but to get it, I had to I had to jump. I had a, a place that was semi comfortable. I had to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to give up this comfortable salary like you're talking about, you know, or you're going to go uh, get a salary now, but now you got to add commission to it. And that's exactly, I think, for the best salespeople, you need that either no salary, because <laughs> I've done that now in my career. I've done, I've had a salary. I think that that is like the best, like a low salary, you know, then plus commission. That is what creates explosion. That's what creates exponential wealth. That's what creates an uncapped, motivation where you work nonstop. You know, for me, I was working nonstop. So I was on the phones, but I wanted to work on Saturday because now I realized my income was how much mm-hmm. I'm driving. And that's why my first round of golf, I was like, oh man, I should have been, I should have been playing this long ago because it is all you versus you. You, you, you may think you're competing with the other people and perhaps you are because if you do better, then you get the better leads and sales and there's some, some, some competitiveness to that. But reality, you're just competing against yourself. And that's why it seems like you found at the very beginning of your career where it was like golf and sales all in one, you know, and for me, golf is this really 
been a new new journey. I remember going and hitting some balls, but no, playing around the golf is so different. Getting in the mud, getting in the rain, being rained on, and 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 I don't think I've earned the right to party because we were partying a little bit. I, I haven't earned that yet, there. And I realized my first round of golf, as I just like my first opportunity in sales, I, I wasn't drinking and playing when I was in sales. Now, now I was on the phone. That's not you have to earn that. And I realized now, actually, golly, there, golly, it's like now I'm realizing why I got the opportunity months later to go to my first trade show because then it was kind of a party, but it was work too. I remember. I was with my friend Alex Allison, and we were driving a DeLorean. So we did have some cool stuff at that one. I'm not going to know. We had some cool stuff. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just the team. But I was call, making calls on the drive down. I was just, it was like I was just on the phone. It was like when I was initially on the phone, that was fear because of my first trade show. I got, a, I got my orders two days before the, the – I had to be there. And it was like, hey, we're going to actually drive. It's too, it's too short a time to actually book you a flight. Um, you're going to have to drive down there. <laughs> drove a DeLorean. I'll never forget it. Suburban with calling a DeLorean <laughs> and I'm pounding the phones. I'm pounding the phones. I'm pounding the phones in the car. I remember that's actually probably a photo on 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 Facebook of Alex Allison. He took a photo of me. And mm-hmm. at the time I didn't really care. I thought it was just documenting because I didn't I didn't even understand marketing. I understand you know don't don't create you have to document document then you know that's the creation aspect. But that memory of the fear so, so I'm, I'm curious because, you know, it sounds like not having a large salary creates enough fear for you to move. You, that there is the real power. There's power in overcoming that fear. You have to work. Do you have no cause? You either going to lose. And as if you're a salesperson, you're already naturally competitive, but it's really competition against yourself. And when you create that mode of transportation of you remove the barriers for the salesperson to actually you know, take, get lift off. You turn into a rocket ship. It literally, because yeah. this is so funny because a couple, you know, as I, as I go through my own memory lane, there's so many stories that's happening, but I get the drive. We get to my first trade show. I was so afraid Darren, when I finally got there, I saw my first deal as we were selling up, setting up the booth. So the marketing attracts people, but it still takes a person, a salesperson to close them. I close them in 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I close them. In, now, <laughs> We also had some other marketing. So I had an iPad. I was giving away. You bought right there. I had an iPad. So I had, I had a DeLorean. So I had a lot of my first trade show. My first party, my first, you know, Keller Williams. I'm going down there. I'm at family reunion. People are so nice. They hug you. you they hug you. It's so funny. <laughs> they're talking about this. We, we, you know, I know you were the, with the, but they're, they're fun. They're, they fed me. And without that moment there, and as, as, as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about sales. I'm thinking about golf. It cannot be a party over the phone. It's pain. You have to get to the party. You know, if you're partying on golf, you're listening, you know, to music and you're drinking. It's a, it's a lot like in sales. Think about think about anything that you do, whether it's sales or golf. Like, don't do it with the party. I think fun is good, but you have to focus. You got to earn the right to have. You, you won't. You, you you focus on the fun, and I think you can do both. You can be an expert and have fun, but you have to. Get in the trenches. You gotta earn, do the work. Earn, earn it. Yeah. You said it. You, you're a light bulb's going off for me because I actually use the same term when somebody asked me, like, because I lost some weight during COVID on purpose. You know, I shed. I, <laughs> I, I was like, I was gaining a little actually, and then I'm like, dang, this just might go in the wrong direction. I might be over 200 pounds again because at, at, at my worst body type, I was like. I saw the scale. It was over 200 pounds. I'm 165 right now. So mm. I, 
I started to realize during COVID, I got to earn these meals. If I'm actually, if I'm mm. actually gonna, you know, COVID and we're not going out and I, and I love supporting takeout. If I'm going to get this 2000 calorie steak dinner, I need to earn it. So I, I need to exercise and sweat every day. You know, I'm, I'm about six days a week right now, sweating. And, you know, fortunately, I have a partner in my life that, that is very focused on health and earning, you know, and we're, eat, we're eating well, too. So I'm earning like the vegan nachos. You know what I mean? I'm earning like salmon patties. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, <laughs> But earning, Neil, that is, such, I think for anybody that's new, of course, this kind of content is, is going to resonate with a lot of people. But if you're like just getting into sales, it seems like you've graduated to get the job. It, it, and, and I kind of did. I, I felt like I graduated from the restaurant business and, okay, you know, put the shirt and tie on, the nice car, got the beeper, you know, I shave every day, you know, so you feel like you kind of walk the walk, but you haven't really earned any business. You've earned the opportunity. You've earned a graduation from your past, but that really doesn't mean anything until you actually get into the trenches in your new endeavor. And golf, the parallel is, is so right on because golf is such a, a um, humbleizing sport. The minute you think you, you got this thing figured out, golf's going to let you know that you don't. The minute, you, you know, go, golf is like such a parallel to life. You know, I, we always, my, my partner and I, my girlfriend, we always talk about like, don't strike me, God, you know, like, ah, I didn't mean, you know, like what we always sort of joke around, you know, like, like, don't, don't, don't strike me. I, I really am. Uh, believe me, I'm focused, God. Okay. I, I was just joking around, you know, and it's the same thing with feeling like you, you have this like new found uh, you know, right. Like you have this rite of passage passage because you put on a shirt and tie and you go out and you start acting in a way that, that backs up the stereotype. So I, I did it too. You did it too. So it, it takes some time to learn that you have to earn and, and it's okay to say good night at nine 30 at night after one beer or no beers and, and drinking water and, and people respect it. So if you're, if you're young and you're in your early twenties and you're getting into sales and it's so tempting, you know, life is just full of temptations. We'll probably have a whole episode on, uh, you, you, you'll, you'll have to give me some passages out of the Bible about temptation because man, it doesn't stop. Temptation is just like here and there and in this forum and in this and this and, and it really is tricky. Sales can be very tricky to to want to walk the walk before you earn it. And in your early 20s or whenever you get into it, it's going to feel like you should stay up late and you should do this. And it's going to feel like like you should, you know, be be that kind of person that, that kind of matches the stereotype. And it really it, it is tough. I'm not going to say that just from just from reading something or learning from someone else's mistakes that it's going to be easy. That's, that, that's not what this conversation is. It's more of like our experience realizing, wow, that earning process, my, and I guess people that I was connected to were a lot smarter than me, of course, because I still, you know, my, my dad rest in peace. I ask my dad questions all the time and I get answers. 
So I have my dad's wisdom, you know, entering into this new real estate career that I feel like I'll probably have for about 10 years. I still ask my dad very simple questions uh, about just, you know, ways to handle certain situations, ways to talk to people, ways to ask questions. And, and I hear his voice and that's me still learning and earning the right to ask that question, to call this person, to ask for that, that order, whatever it is. And so I'm still in the trenches of earning more opportunities. You know, I, I, I can say I'm 25 plus years of sales experience and I am absolutely in the trenches of learning and earning the right to have more opportunity right now. Well, th well that is actually the true commission. See, see what, what you're really talking about. It's not something to talk a lot about, which is the true commission of sales is the learning aspect that you will constantly learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Now, the benefit of the right coach is if you find the right coach and the right product at the right time, your own, your own, you will earn more faster. <laughs> and that's what everyone wants, right? Everyone actually wants faster because I think a lot of people, what they gain through their relationships, if their family members weren't in sales, like you're like Victor, you know, your know, Victor is in sales. He got you into sales, but not everyone has that. So what do you do? You, but you may have the tangible, maybe you're a people person, probably heard that in your entire life. You know, you, 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 you're funny. You make people laugh. You know how to build relationships. You know how to build trust. And you, you utilize that trust where you don't break it. So you earn it and you know how to keep it. Those are some of the found, simple foundations that as a salesperson you need. And then it comes down to some other things like your, your language your communication and your cadence and your tone. All that stuff matters because you're going to get put on the phone first, most likely. You know, some people, you know, some industries are going to put you on the phone first, no matter what you do, even if you're going to be outside at some point and doing outside sales, just like Darren mentioned. But having a coach it accelerates. It gives you 3x, 4x, 5x your income. So when I got into sales, I doubled my income. <laughs> like in one year, you you double. But then over time, as you gain more, as I think about when I doubled, from that moment that I doubled, I think about two years later, I doubled again. Mm -hmm. And then I doubled again. So the more you learn, you will continuously grow exponential. And so there's a cost to it, though. There's a cost to it. You either going to do it, pay through time, <laughs> you know, you're going to pay through time or you're going to pay someone to accelerate that growth. And I'll tell you, <laughs> you know, you know, I had to, I had to learn over the phone. I had, you know, I remember getting 20 minutes of sales coaching because people won't give it away for free. Most people, you know, they're not going to give it away for free. Like they may say, okay, you got to join me, you know, join my staff. And that's what I did. I joined someone's staff and I spent time and then I joined someone else's staff. But then I had, you know, so you, you join the staff or, you collaborate or you get coached. You, you collaborate with someone where you provide some value where they give it to you. Mm -hmm. But most people, no matter the industry, what I've seen, no matter if you're in the steel industry, the car industry, you're in the real estate industry, no matter what industry is, a coach will set you free. Mm. You will set you free. And I guarantee you, 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 it may feel like the pain of paying for the coaching up front is hurts, but it's going to accelerate your growth, especially much like Darren said, it's not once you pay for it, now it's okay. Now that you have the coaching, now you need someone to help you keep stay accountable. So yep. if you are capable of doing that yourself, fantastic. Maybe you have a partner, like Darren mentioned. He's got a he's got someone to help him with his health. But you may need a sales partner. You may need a sales coach. So joining a team, building a staff, you know, getting a coach, 
that's how you continue to pour gas on your own gifts and yeah. let someone explode it for you. Yep. I would say being very careful about the product and service, because remember, you're a rep. So you're a representative of something or some service. So I'm the rep. What am I representing? Well, ultimately, like you've, you've always said, Neil, you sell yourself, but you're, you selling yourself is, is going to be fun until your product sucks or the service, <laughs> you know, then all of a sudden it's a reflection of you. So I would, my advice would be slow down and find a product or service that you are actually confident about and passionate about and you believe in. So you can do all of these other great things. And it's, and it's not, and, it, and it's not BS. And unfortunately, I'm talking a little bit in riddles because unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of salespeople that match that crappy product or service. And all I'm saying is if you're somebody with the integrity, with the this people skills, you've achieved things in life at a higher level and you want higher level, slow down at the beginning of your sales career and realize that the product and service that you rep is a reflection of you and you represent it. So if you're confident about it, it's just going to exude out of your pores and you're actually going to be able to, to talk like that. So I, I definitely feel like that is a big, big step in this, in this whole process. You know, I, I know for sure that traditional salespeople will eventually be gone. There, there, there will not be this middleman selling women's shoes at Nordstrom someday. I just don't see it. I don't, I, I, I don't see, I don't know if it's going to be robots or whatever it's going to be, but there's a lot of sales jobs that are going to be gone because software is going to handle the transaction. Other concierge services are going to handle the transaction. So you're either in transactional sales or you're in relationship sales. And if you build the relationships, you don't even have to worry about the order. So I would really look at like traditional salespeople, sales reps, salespeople, not sales professionals are, are going to go away uh, eventually someday. You're going to have to bring value. You're going to have to entertain people. You're going to have to educate people. You're going to have to actually be in the depths with them and be the, and be their friend and be somebody that they can trust and call on the weekends and rely on way, way deeper than this, than this superficial, like, like, where are my stickers? You know, like that, that, that all of that, all of that is, is the byproduct of an actual relationship. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty deep topic, but really I, I feel like thousands yeah, this, 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 and thousands of jobs are going to be going away. Uh, you know, a uh, car salesman, insurance salesman. I mean, what happens when, when, when all of the cars are self-driving? Do we even need insurance anymore? There's going to be so you know, many. I, I, I know what you mean there. And, that, and that's where it's, it's, you know, some of you, you know, like Darren mentioned, he's talked about quality. But let's say you're in a position right now, your career, well, maybe the company you join doesn't have a quality product. You know, you don't have a quality product because I think that's so important because you, you may be in a situation where you have to take a, a sales role where the product isn't quite where you want it to be. And this happens sometimes in tech sales. You know, Darren and I, you know, you know, we work for companies, you know, software companies that 
and help grow the revenue of those types of businesses and all sorts of businesses but, and we've, that we've been connected to. But one of the things to, to keep in mind, one of the things, if you're not there yet, maybe the product isn't there. One of the foundations that you need is still service, even if you don't like the product. And what Darren is talking about relationships, sometimes that if you just focus on the person and you focus on service, because your product may be junk, but those two things is a lot. That's like a big, big part of that equation. Yep. So practice on that because your product, there might be someone's, you know, some people will support you if they like you. So when I talked about, when Darren talked about selling yourself, sometimes people are like, okay, you know what? That product is better, but I like you. So yep. I think it may support you, but they, they still might buy that other product. So they <laughs> talk about that. Okay. I know it's kind of sounds weird, but they may buy the best, but they still may buy you. They yep. may not. So if you're in that situation today where you wake up in the morning, like, man, I like what I'm doing. I like sales but I don't like the product. You know, maybe you work for someone, maybe you want to work for yourself, maybe no matter what it is, focus on service, focus on the people, people work. Those that, you know, years ago, I followed two authors. They created a book called People Work. And for me, I remember sitting and hearing about that brand. And I remember being so passionate about the brand, but honestly had, didn't have really enough experience to really put it together, but I started using it in my sales pitch. You know, the, the, I remember because a tech product, it may not be exactly what you want. And that's how it was when my first sales career, the tech product, I liked the way it was, but there was room for it to grow, room for it to grow. And what happens is, you know, if you're there, you know, <laughs> you may be it, the product may not be there. Focus on service, Focus on the culture you're in. If all that stuff is good and you like the people, stay there until the product is Because sometimes if you're in tech, golly, sometimes your product is junk. Sometimes you may not even have a product. But those three three out of that four, if you got 75%, <laughs> sometimes you got to go with that. But give 100% yep. in that in that role. Um, yep. Not not everybody is a, is an A. I mean, you may you may be a B in, in the whole world of whether it's sales or whatever it is. And really, Neil, now, now that I think about this, whether it's a Toyota or a Tesla, I, I, I'm not saying that people don't need Toyotas. They need Toyotas. But when it comes to you being and, and that might, it may be the perfect fit for somebody. So, so your, your passion, you can be passionate about Toyotas. I get it. You can be completely entrenched in the, into the relationships for people that buy Toyotas. What I'm saying is there's another level. So that, that's all it is. The, 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 yes, there are some, some crappy products, but typically those products don't have like sales teams behind them. So what I'm, I'm really referring to almost like a personal passion, you know, do you even like cars to begin with? Should you even be looking at the car industry or did you just have some random conversation with somebody at lunch and his brother-in-law owns a car dealership and next thing you know, it's like opportunity knocks, just slow down. You know, there, there's sometimes a, a opportunity that comes and that, that's the one that should inspire the thought of, oh, okay, well, maybe that's not a match for me, or maybe maybe it is, right? So, so it really is, like you said, it, it's one of those things where if you focus on the right things, um, the product or the service almost, almost doesn't matter, and that's going to play itself out. And if you're really that person that is passionate 
and, and, and true and honest and committed and you show up on time and you answer your phone and all these great things that a professional does, you're going to elevate. God's going to take care of you. I mean, you know, let's just let's just get philosophical about it. You're not even going to need to ask. You're just going to get elevated. You're going to graduate and it's going to happen because life is going to do that, do that for you. So one, one thought I had, Neil, you were talking about coaching and we're not calling ourselves coaches yet. We're, we're more of like just getting our passion out there. And I hope that this helps one person. I hope it resonates with, with one person that shares it with another person. But when we, when you think about coaching, I had coaching. I had coaching very early on. Man, I was with some smart people. My godfather, who started the company and eventually sold this sold this company, he 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 just was like a real down to earth dude who knew how he he's like he's like a Phil Jackson, you know Phil Jack, you know the, the, the <laughs> you know Phil? No, it's good. Yeah, co coach of the Bulls, right? So, but but what I know about Phil is that he was a master marionette. Like he was the master of pulling this string and pushing over here and hitting this button. And he, he got the most out of every single player, whether it was Rodman or Jordan or Pippen or Cartwright or whoever it was, he figured, I don't know what he was doing. Probably going to dinner with family members, probably writing handwritten notes, probably doing some crazy crap that I've never, ever heard of a human being influencing another human being because Phil Jackson is Phil Jackson. But my godfather is similar like that. He was this guy that figured out a way to get the most out of his reps. And one thing he did for me is he sent me to coaching like on day one. And not a lot of, not everybody's heard of Dale Carnegie, but if you haven't, look up Dale Carnegie, and this is some old school sales, like back, back from the 80s. But basically, I went to like a 12-week Dale Carnegie sales course, and it was intense. I, I, I knew people, I love people. I, you know, I, I can go, I got this, give me the product, go talk to some engineers. My dad already told me, just go help people. But there was a 12 week course. And after, after the Dale Carnegie course, I actually asked like, can we, is there more? Yeah. There's a Franklin <laughs> Covey. There's a Franklin Covey eight week course. You want to go through that? Yeah. Let's go through the Franklin Covey course. So, and then after that, we went and saw uh, Colin Powell and Oprah, Winf Oprah Winfrey and, uh, and uh, Bill Walsh. And we went like five of us. Hey, he was going to pay for all 12 of us to go. But five of us out of the 12 took all day and went to a stadium and watched all these speakers. This is like in 1995, listening to Bill Walsh and Oprah Winfrey and Colin Powell and, um, Zig Ziglar might be even have keynoted this. It, the Zig Ziglar might have been a completely separate one, but look up Zig. I mean, these are names that that are that can be your coach. Is my point, Neil? You don't you don't need us, right? You don't you don't need to get sucked into some landing page and fill this out at ninety nine dollar. This no. Okay, you go look up Dale Carnegie. You go look up Zig Ziglar. You go look up. This is not motivational speaking. This is not Tony Robbins. Okay, Tony's fine. Okay, you can you can take his stuff to the bank too. But but when it comes to sales 
coaching. It exists and it's tried and true. And for those that, that think they're all that and, you know, you, you were the division one baseball player and you're the best looking guy and you're going to get into sales. And I'm telling you, coaching is where it's at. And it's important very, very early on in your career because it sets up a lot of the standards of, of how you will run your business because you become the CEO of your own business. Remember, I said, you wake up, you're like, man, I can literally do whatever I want today. It gets weird. So, you know, you, you, you do have to be careful with, with that opportunity. If your personality, it, it doesn't lend itself well to being able to do whatever you want every day, then you got to be careful with that. And we'll, you know, we'll tell plenty of stories where, where I had so much extra time, you know, I I'd play golf. I would do healthy things. You know, I wouldn't, I would, do my best to stay away from, from things that would be a detriment to my health or, 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 or anything like that, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I wanted to really kind of bring that up about coaching because I went through it, even though I had mentorship, my, my dad and my godfather, they were mentors. They weren't my coaches. You know, I, I, I could go to my dad and ask him any question and he had an immediate, immediate answer. And it was the right one. Like all the time. I remember saying to my dad one time, I, I like wanted to challenge him. You know what I mean? Like, dad, you're so good. Like, let me challenge you with this. So there's a company I want to do business with dad. And this is what I said to him. I said, there's a company I want to do business with and they're happy. Their products are delivered on time. They got three different vendors to choose from. They have deep relationships with all of them. They're not taking, they're, 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 they're not taking any new vendors they, they, they're, they're happy. So how do I get in there? How do I penetrate that steel curtain for this company? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And exactly. And that's exactly what we've dug into today, Darren. That's what's so, so phenomenal is as we let our guests go today, you know, the final thoughts on this process, which is Darren laid the path quite clearly on how to do it effectively. You know, for him, he had a very solid foundation. I think this is what he's mentioning is he had a, you know, don't just bounce around in your sales career. Don't just take the first one. You, you really want to find, you know, a, a place where they talk about coaching and they're going to uh, coach you in the in methods that are going to be highly effective. You know, so that's important. But before the coaching, you need the mindset that the mindset of helping others. I mean, that's really the core of it, success before you even get the coaching, you know, before any bit of coaching, that heart, that spirit, that passion, and the mindset of helping others is going to be going to be a huge, uh, going to be a quiver that you use again and again and again in your sales career. Second, you know, a passion. That passion is going to help you uncover problems for people that you'll be able to see it. The world will open up something you never saw before. But then your set of eyes, you're like, oh, I see that problem because you had that spirit, that passion, that mindset of actually helping them. Once you begin to identify the problem, then it's like, OK, now I need to form a relationship and build a relationship effectively. That process in combination with your product and, of course, coaching, that is the framework. That's what you're going to be digging deep into every single day, every single week, every single year. When you wake up in the morning, you look in the stars for signs. That's the framework. When you look at your spouse and your partner, that's the framework. When you're eating at the, the, your favorite restaurant, that's the framework. That's how you're going to dig deep every single day because you're, you have that freedom. But with freedom, you got to get rid of idols. You got to get rid of the idols, right? You, you can do whatever you want. You can be idle. You're not going to work. You got to get rid of it. 
and you need to systematize. But again, what's going to get you up and go, to get up and go to help you dig deep into this framework, mindset, your passion, the problem solving, product. And then more importantly, coaching to get better and better and better at it. That's what we're going to use to dig deep. That's what, that's, that's what's going to help you successful, whether you, no matter what coaching you sign up for. You're going to have to be a student forever. And that mindset will help you continue to unlock no matter where you are every single day to help you dig deep. Don't go to sleep. Dig deep. Don't go be idle. Work. Don't be idle. Dig deep. Because as a salesperson, we are commissioned <laughs> to go out and have an impact. And that's, where, that's what we're going to leave you with today. So thank you, everyone, for being a guest. If you like this content, just, just let us know. Let us know in the, in the chat. Let us know, like it, love it, share it with your friends. Um, you know, if this has had an impact on one person, please let us know. Send us a message. You know, send us a DM. You know, help us fuel our fire if you feel like this has fueled you. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're gonna let you go, uh, Neil uh, and Darren, uh, digging deep, um, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna do do a lot more. Uh, stay stay tuned. Digging deep with Neil and D. That's the brand. So keep, 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 look, look, on, I don't think we got the Facebook, the IG set up yet, but that's the fun of it. Digging deep with Neil and D. You know, let's have fun. Let's, let's have fun. Let's leave it at that. Awesome. Awesome, man. Right, so Peace out. Cool recording. Yeah, I'm yes, just, I did. Uh, Dude, that's it.